Hey friend, Graham Baldwin here with The Speaker Lab. Hey, wouldn't it be nice if someone gave you the exact process to find and book more speaking gigs in 2024? That'd be nice, right? Well, I'll tell you what, we're just gonna do that for you. We've created a new 18-page guide based on Dan Irvin's process that helped him actually book over $100,000 in speaking gigs in the past year. Now, Dan is one of our uh, team members here. He's this, a very successful speaker and also one of our coaches. And so you're gonna learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, proposal emails, and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps. Again, that's plural, thespeakerlab.com slash steps. We're going to send you that PDF guide right to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps. That's it. That's all you got to do. Go there. Hey, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. You're awesome. What is up, my friends? Grant Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast. Hope you're doing well. Hope life is treating you good. Hope you are building, growing your speaking empire. You're making a little dent in the world, and uh, hopefully you're uh, you're having a good time with it, huh? Are you? I hope so. Hey, if you're just joining us, welcome. Really glad that you're here. We do these podcast episodes every single week where we are helping uh, speakers just like yourself, speakers that are brand new, speakers that are getting started, speakers that are veterans that have been doing this for a while, trying to figure out how to build and grow and scale your speaking empire. We are glad that you are here. We help you on the the business of speaking, the art of speaking, how to build speaking beyond the stage, how to take your information, your training, and leverage it in other ways. Uh, so we got a lot of great information that we cover every single week on the show. Hey, in today's episode, we're going to be doing a listener Q&A. We do these quite a bit where we're answering your questions. So in fact, if you have a question for us, you can uh, go over to thespeakerlab.com and go to the Ask Grant tab. Again, that's thespeakerlab.com. Go to the Ask Grant tab, and there you can uh, preferably leave us your voicemail question, or you can just uh, write in your question, and we will try to answer that on an upcoming episode of the show. Hey, let me also remind you, if you haven't already, every single week we do we do free online trainings teaching you all about uh, how to get started as a speaker, how to find and book speaking engagements. So you definitely want to check that out. You can go over to freespeakerworkshop.com. Again, that is freespeakerworkshop.com. Definitely, definitely, definitely check that out, my friends. Would love to have you come, uh, come hang out with us again over at freespeakerworkshop.com. Totally free, uh, thus the URL. And uh, again, a great place for you to learn, get your questions answered all about how how to build and grow your speaking business. Again, over freespeakerworkshop.com. All right, so today we're going to be talking all about the question of travel. Like who pays for travel? If I got booked for something right now, I got to get there somehow. Whether that means I'm driving 10 minutes down the road or I'm flying halfway around the world, somehow I'm going to get there. I have to get there and someone's got to pay for that. So who's responsible for paying for that? Do I pay for that? Do they pay for that? What is the best way to, to bill a client for that? What's the best way to position that? Do I include that in my feed? Do I do that separately? All of that stuff we're going to be talking about in today's episode. So let's get right into it, my friends. Here you go. Enjoy. All right, this is a, uh, a common question that we get about the subject of travel. I mean, if, if you're going to be speaking, then typically it's going to require you to travel somewhere. Now, maybe that may that could be anywhere from a, a 10-minute drive to getting on a, a flight or multiple flights and, uh, and traveling halfway around the world. So whenever it comes to that natural expense that goes along with speaking, 
Who's responsible for that? Am I as the speaker responsible for that? Are they as the client responsible for that? How does that actually work? Who pays for travel? So to uh, to answer that, I'm going to give you the two main ways that you can uh, basically accommodate travel when, when speaking in two different ways, and I'm going to give you my preference. We're going to go over the pros and cons of both of them. I've actually done both of these in, in my business, and again, I'm going to tell you in just a second which one I prefer and which one I think clients prefer as well. So let's talk about this. Two ways to accommodate travel. First of all, number one is that you basically would invoice the client separately for travel after the event. You invoice them separately for travel after the event. Meaning, think of it like this. Let's say that your speaking fee is is $2,000, all right? You would go speak. You have your maybe your standard deposit. Standard deposit is usually 50%. Uh, so they would pay a $1,000 deposit. Then at the time of the event, they would pay the balance of $1,000. And throughout the entire process of the travel, you would just be keeping track of what travel expenses you have. And so this could be anything from uh, airfare to a rental car to hotel to rental car gas to meals to luggage fees, to parking, to tolls, to uh, could be any number of things that you could incur as an expense for you traveling from your home to their event. And so basically what you would do then is you would keep track of all those receipts and then you would kind of tally up an invoice and you would send that to them as a totally separate expense for your travel for them hiring you to come speak. And obviously this would all be outlined in your uh, in your, your speaking agreement ahead of time so that they know that they would be responsible for all of your travel expenses at the, you know, after the event itself. Now, uh, if you want to know more about the, the contract itself, uh, definitely go back and listen to episode six. Episode six, we get into contracts and agreements a lot more in depth there. But uh, I will say this, that the, whatever you choose to do here, you want to make sure it is super, 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 super clear in the contract so there's no there's no surprises there's no there's no no question marks there but basically that's how it would work is you would you would keep track of all your travel you would then send them a separate invoice after the event again this is different than your speaking fee so if your speaking fee is $2000 you would already be paid that and then your travel fee uh, it could be let's just say $857 then you would send them an invoice for that amount for the the event now let's talk about the pros and cons of this the pro- Pros, the pro and the upside is uh, primarily, I think this is a win for you. Is it just covers exactly how much the travel is? So, if your travel is five hundred or eight hundred fifty-seven dollars, whatever it was, I said, you know, you're going to get reimbursed for exactly that amount. So that's the good thing. That's definitely an upside. The cons, kind of the the downside of it. First of all, is it may surprise the client. So uh, let's imagine that you budget. You know, you're kind of the or excuse me, the client is budgeting that your airfare is going to cost, let's just say four hundred dollars, and then by the time you book it. It ends up being $600. Well, they're surprised. They're ticked off over a $200 difference. And really, there's nothing maybe you could have done about it. There's nothing that you could have uh, changed about it. It's just kind of that's what airfare was. They just happened to budget it wrong. So it's a surprise to them. If they get a, if they're expecting a $400 um, airfare and they get $600, that's $200. Even though it's $200 in the scheme of things, it's not much. It could leave a bad taste in their mouth. It could, it could be a surprise to them. Not only something like airfare, 
It could be any number of things. Maybe for meals, they're thinking that you are going to be spending a $10 a meal and they're planning on you, you know, just basically getting some glorified happy meals that you supersize. And then one night you decide to, you decide to splurge and you go to Applebee's, right? You're living it up and you get a, you get a, I don't know, a $20 steak or something, right? Uh, And you end up having a $30 restaurant bill. Well, you don't want to have to justify to a client of why you spent $30 to go get a steak dinner instead of a a $10, you know, glorified happy meal or something. So you just don't want to have those surprises. And when you're invoicing them separate, they're looking at every single individual expense wondering, you know, is that justifiable? Should we be paying for that? Why did they spend $600 on airfare instead of $400? Why did they spend $30 on a meal instead of $10 a meal? So you may have some surprises with the client. One of the other downsides of invoicing them separately after the event is it could take a while to actually get paid. You would typically be booking airfare usually... We usually book three to four weeks out, usually about a month ahead of an event. And so if we're booking something a month ahead of an event, uh, and then think about it, you may not get it reimbursed until a few weeks after the event. So you could go two or three months with that airfare sitting on your credit card or your, your bank account. And then also, you know, ideally, some clients will pay very, very quickly and reimburse you very, very quickly. But we've had some where it takes a month or a couple months. We've had one, I remember one situation where it took them like six months to get paid after the event on the travel because after the event is over you know sometimes it's just them being sloppy and sometimes it's them being unorganized and sometimes it's just kind of like the event is over and it's just kind of an out of sight out of mind situation and so you may run into something like that where you may end up just it may just take a while to get paid one of the other downsides uh, is it's just more for you to keep track of. So there's some clients that are going to want to be very specific. They're going to want to see actual physical receipts on everything. Uh, and so basically the way we do things is we, we you still want to keep track of receipts and expenses anyway, just for your own tax purposes, because all of those expenses are going to be deductible. And again, I'm not a, I'm not a tax advisor or anything. So you want to talk with your own personal CPA or tax person, but you do have, you are generally able to deduct those expenses. That's one of the costs of doing business is that you travel. So, But if you're going to have to keep track of all those receipts, there's going to be some clients that may want actual physical receipts. Some may just want to see some numbers on an invoice. It's just a lot more for you to keep track of and making sure that you actually got reimbursed on stuff. So it can become a bit of a pain. I remember one client we worked with in New Jersey and we had to send them receipts for everything. And they said that the, the state wouldn't allow them to reimburse for sales tax on any travel expenses. Meaning that let's say I spent $600 on airfare and of that airfare, let's, I'm just using round numbers here. Let's say $50 of it was for taxes. They would not reimburse us the $50 on taxes. They would only reimburse us the $550, which is ridiculous. It's completely stupid. So the bottom line is it's just, it's a lot more for you to keep track of. It may end up surprising the client. It may take a while to get paid. So as you might imagine, I'm not a particular fan of this first option. Again, this is what uh, I used to do. That's not what we do anymore. So let's move on. Now, let me, let me tell you about the second way that you can handle travel. I think this is a lot simpler for you. This is a lot simpler for clients as well. So the second option is that basically you include travel in your speaking fee. And so it's basically one all-inclusive 
fee. So meaning, let's imagine that again, let's go back to the previous example. You have a, a speaking fee of $2,000. And then basically what you would do is you just kind of figure up how long you're going to be traveling, what the expenses may be, how long you're going to be gone, how many nights hotel, how many rental car days you may have, what the rental car gas may be. You're just kind of like ballparking it. And based on that, you are charging them basically a, an all-inclusive fee. So what we have typically done is our travel fee is normally anywhere from $750 to $1,000. And that's going to cover our airfare. That's going to cover lodging. It's going to cover meals. It's going to cover, again, any type of travel expenses that we run into. So we're not trying to like go through and, and say, okay, you know, we, we've calculated up and we've estimated that it's going to be uh, exactly this amount. No, we're not, we're not doing that. We are just saying, okay, our estimate is usually going to be $750. And that's our estimate for travel. And now if it's going to be, we basically figured that's for one night hotel. So if we, if we're going to have to be there for a couple of days, then we're going to factor that in differently. We're going to keep that. We're going to track that and just increase what the travel amount would be because we're going to have to be there an additional amount of time. So let's talk about the pros and cons of doing it this way, of basically including the travel in the fee. So the pro side, the upside, is it's, it's a heck of a lot easier for you to keep track of. So again, you still want to keep track of your receipts for reimbursement, or, or excuse me, for, for tax purposes and deduction purposes, but it's not the type of thing where you're going to have to be sending in those receipts. You're just keeping track of your expenses for your taxes. You're not keeping track of those expenses to turn around and have to invoice. So I promise you, it, it's much, much simpler for you. Um, the Another upside is it's a much simpler for the client to budget accordingly. And along the same lines, there's no surprises this way. So it really is on you then to do the math properly. And so and if you're, let's go back to the previous example of if you are estimating $400 in, in or excuse me, if the client's estimating $400 in travel and it ends up being $600 in travel, uh, that's on you. That's not on the client. So it just makes it a lot easier for them because they know they don't have any surprises. They know exactly what they're going to get, which again, just makes it a lot, lot simpler for them to budget, uh, which makes a really big difference. One of the other upsides, is that you could, if you do the math right, you could actually make a few extra bucks on it. So I wouldn't necessarily view this as like a, a profit center by any means or an extra source of a big, big source of revenue. Uh, I don't think that's going to be the case at all. But you could choose, let's say, for example, you choose, you budget, you know, a, a $750 for travel and you decide to stay at some <laughs> sketchy $30 a night hotel and you're just eating ramen noodles and you're you're renting the cheapest rental car possible they pay $750 but you only spend let's say you know $400 of it that means you have an extra what 350 bucks that you get to pocket that's you know, that's revenue that goes back to you so so you can definitely you can make a few extra bucks on it we typically would charge $750 to $1,000 uh, regardless of if I'm driving or if I'm flying. So if I'm driving, uh, it's typically going to be quite a bit cheaper than if I'm flying. Now, it, it would be different if you're speaking like in your own, if your own city or something. And it's just like an hour drive versus if I'm going to make a four-hour drive, I still have to stay overnight, and then I'm making a four-hour drive back, then we're typically going to charge you know, a, a travel fee for that. Uh, and so you, you could, like in those situations, we typically make a couple extra bucks as well. The other good side too is you just get paid quicker on it. So like I, I mentioned earlier, if you're invoicing travel, you may not get paid. You may not get reimbursed on that for you know some a couple of weeks, sometimes a couple of months. But when you include it in your fee, then you should get that amount not only in the deposit but also in the balance at the time of the event. So let's go back to our previous example. 
your speaking fee is $2,000. The travel fee is going to be $750. So a total fee of $2,750. And so what you would be invoicing them would be a deposit of, what would that be, $1,375, which is 50%. And then the balance of the $1,375 is due at the time of the event. So you're getting paid sooner rather than waiting on them to reimburse you and you having to send an invoice. So you, the upside is definitely you, you get paid quicker. Now, the main downside is that you could potentially lose a few bucks on this. So for example, let's go back to our previous example of if you budgeted $400, but airfare ends up costing $600 or $700, or you're flying into a smaller market where it's going to cost a lot, or there's, there's something going on in town and it ends up just costing a lot to stay at a hotel. I remember, for example several years ago I was speaking at a um a place in North Dakota and it was a this rural little place but they had a big oil boom going on in town and so to stay there again in theory to stay at a you know just a, a night or two at a, a hotel in, in North Dakota would have been you know 100 125 bucks or something but it ended up being almost $300 a night because there was just such this huge oil boom that it was just it was so freaking expensive to stay up there so in that situation it it it, I ended up eating a couple extra bucks from it. So you have you have that potential downside where you, you could lose a few bucks. Now, we have found over the course of a year or so that it typically evens out. So again, you're going to make a couple bucks, you're going to lose a couple bucks. But generally, as long as you're, you're figuring out what your general expenses are going to be, you have a pretty good idea going into it what they would be. Now, one way you can save a couple bucks too is that if the conference is at a hotel, if it, the conference is hosted at a hotel, you could ask them to cover your room. Uh, a lot of times they'll have either discounted room or comped rooms. And so we use this quite a bit as a way just to save a couple bucks. But again, whatever it is that you choose to do, whether you invoice them after the fact or you include your travel in your fee, you want to spell this out in the agreement to make it super, super clear what you're responsible for and what they are responsible for. So again, also to be clear, if you haven't already figured out, uh, I recommend the all-inclusive pricing where you do the one flat fee. That is what we do today. That is what's we, what we teach and recommend. That's what uh, what we prefer. That's what clients prefer. It's a heck of a lot simpler to do it that way. Now, whatever you choose to do, one question I get from time to time is, should you let the clients book any of the travel? So there are times where we will allow the client to book either the hotel or the ground transportation, whether that be a rental car or they're, they're getting some type of car service that's going to take us from point A to point B. Sometimes a client will book that. Maybe they have an existing contract or an existing arrangement with a local hotel and they're just going to bill it to the that company account. So that that's fairly common. What we don't do is we don't let the client book our flights. We do not let the client book our flights because we want to be in control of our schedule. So not only do we want to be in control of our schedule, but we want to, I'm, I'm pretty particular on airlines that I travel with. There's airlines that I have status with that I want to travel with. I want to be in control of my schedule of where I'm flying to. There's situations where I may be flying from one event to another event. And so I need to be able to book that, not have them book that. So we, again, clients, we allow them to book hotel or ground transportation sometimes, but uh, not flights. We book our own flights. And again, we usually do that usually three to four weeks out. That's basically in like pricing travel, including travel in your speaking fee. Uh, in a future episode, we're actually going to be talking more travel strategies and tips. Uh, we're going to have an interview with a buddy of mine talking about travel hacking strategies for speakers. So be on the lookout on that. So again, we'll talk more travel strategies and tips later. I got a lot of those on picking an airline and should you 
you know, just stay with one airline versus others versus the cost versus direct flights versus all that stuff. I'm going to give you all of my secrets and strategies and tips on an upcoming uh, podcast episode. But for now, I just want to give you just kind of a big picture view for whenever it comes to actual the cost of your travel, who is responsible for that. So again, hope that uh, helps you out. Again, I would recommend the all-inclusive pricing. That is the way to go, my friend. All right, there you go. Hope you enjoyed that uh, that little conversation about travel. Like, who pays for travel? Do I pay for that? Do they pay for that? Again, the bottom line is my recommendation would be that you do it all inclusively, meaning you have one flat fee that includes both your travel and your speaking. So, in my experience, I found that to be a heck of a lot simpler for both you, the speaker, and for them, the client. So, definitely, 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 just about always do all inclusive pricing. But I hope that helps. Hope that makes sense. Hey, uh, let me quickly remind you: definitely check out freespeakerworkshop.com. If you'd like to join us for an upcoming online training, teaching you all about the business of speaking, how to find and book speaking engagements, knowing how much to charge and all of that stuff. We get into that over at freespeakerworkshop.com. Definitely check it out, freespeakerworkshop.com. All right, that wraps up episode 61. We will uh, we'll catch you next time, my friends. You're awesome.